This week, Destiny players finally get the last word. The Anthem demo is wrapping up for the last time before its full release, and the embargo drops on some in-game content and items. And the Division beta is right around the corner. My name is Halen, and this is the Assist City Podcast. Why does Discord say you're playing Fortnite? Are, are you, are you wow. watching the, yeah. the, the concert? What's yeah. going on? That, that, that's the moment when you kick me out of the clan. <laughs> it, says, it says Fortnite officer as one of your roles, Swag. Did you yeah. apply yourself? Wow. He applied, yeah. Didn't you my role? <laughs> well, that sounds like a good end into our uh, podcast, so uh, let's just start there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I have to close Anthem? Yeah, I guess I'll close it. Wow. Do I have to close Anthem? Bro, 15th. And that's the cool thing. I keep telling people, they're like, oh man, I don't want to pay $60 for this pre-order or whatever. I was like, yo, just pay the 15 for Premiere Access. You get the full game for a month at least. And a week before that too. Yeah, and early access. And it's not just the lower tier. It's the tier with the skins and all that other stuff, the whatever of Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. $15. I tell everybody. You can even just pay the dollar and pay it, play it for ten hours at least, like at the very bare minimum. Yeah, like exactly, that's such that's such cheap entry to play a game for ten hours, which is a good, I think, a good amount to get your if you think you'll like it or not. All right, synth, turn off uh, anthem. I, I <laughs> actually, I, I'm pretty sure you were joking about it, but the people who haven't said anything are probably actually playing it right now. So like death and swag, that's what. What? <laughs> I just. Connected my PC right now. Yeah, it's barely. Strange. I don't even have a mouse pad. I'm using a magazine for as a mouse pad. He's like in an Lucky. empty house. He he like plugs it in. It's all on the floor. He like boots up. It's like, please, does it work? Does it work? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you should see my. It works. You should see my cable management right now. It's yeah, nice. it's something. I mean, if it if it's on the floor, then it's managed, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, today is Saturday. We're recording a day early because I guess some people watch the Super Bowl or something what on Sunday. Super Bowl? I don't know. It's the commercial commercial bowl. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to use it as an excuse to get out there when people are on the roads, like go to the beach or something and find parking. Let's see. Nice here. flex. The only one that has a beach close by and is able to go to it in the winter. That's cool, dude. People, other people in the country are suffering this winter vortex. Halen's like, I'm just going to go to the beach on Sunday. It says the dude <laughs> in the desert. Okay. I experienced my I, first uh, snow squall the other day. That was intense, dude. Never again. I'm moving out. I of almost this lost my toes yesterday. So. Oh yeah, you were outside for yep. too long. Yep. Almost got frostbite. Yeah. I feel like it was yeah. the worst time to move for you. I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was very poor planning. Minus forty degrees C, and I was moving in that. So. Jeez. Well, we're Just, glad you got all your you toes. Has the worst return system ever. You have to take photographs of the car like the cargo bay behind oh, the yeah. cabin and you have to do that in standing in the cold yeah it has like 10 steps to it you have to take pictures of it yeah mm-hmm. you can't just re- return it and drop the keys you actually have to go through steps and then return mm. it well maybe i always get the beaters and they don't care about it or something they're just like <laughs> nah like that thing could just break down the side of the road we wouldn't even go get it like no big deal. <laughs> we'll give you twenty bucks to keep mm-hmm. the truck. Yeah, right. Right. Well, what do you guys want to start off with this week? You know, since we're 
the Assist City podcast, Looter Shooters Galore, Looter Gruders. Little Gruders. What a. <laughs> I wonder how many people caught that last week. If you like, no one called me out on it, but you put it as the episode title, and they're probably like, what is this? I, don't but... know. I know. It probably looks like I just can't spell or something. Yeah. Like, I don't... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no now everyone's going to go back can. and listen to the episode and just wait till they hear I say it. Yeah, if you haven't caught uh, we can, on, we can... I, I try to you know listeners uh, i really try to be clever with the titles and like an easter egg inside the episode but you know it doesn't always play as strong closely yeah dev make uh death you gotta make a new one this week all right i'll i'll try not to try and i'll that'll end up doing it all right but there <laughs> there was some destiny news this last week um first of all new supers and weapon updates came through uh you guys get to play around with some supers any new favorites Wants to talk about golden gun. Go ahead, buddy. I mean, six shooters okay, I guess. Fifteen shots and one super is amazing. What, what am I talking about? Um, if you can it's hit really them, right? Yeah, if you can hit them, of course. You know, oh. minus the first things. Um, it's really cool because you'll get that slight little extension after kills, so you can just. Whereas normally before you can get six shots in a somewhat meager amount of time. Now what I've done is shoot the balls, kill an ad, shoot the balls, kill an ad, and go back and forth just getting more. And I'm just, my damage at the end of a raid is extremely increased now. So you could actually do that in the raid? Like what encounter, for, uh, for example, were you talking about? Um, I've actually done this during Last Wish. Um, Shirochi, amazing time to do so. Um, especially even during uh, Kali when you're defending the plates and you got this knight in front of you, you can just alternate between knight and enemy until the knight's dead and then help clean the plates or your front plates or whatever. All right. That's cool. Yeah. So so now you got your uh, your Spire Stars down to 45 minutes now? Uh, mm. Something like something like that, like about two hours and 45, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. What might be able to make it go faster is they also buffed Golden Gun damage in general. So the yeah. Celestial Nighthawk... Um, like OG, you know, Celestial Nighthawk plus the precision damage, Golden Gun just hits even harder if it didn't hit hard enough before. I saw a clip of like five or six hunters, Callus, just one shot in Callus, like <laughs> took them directly to final stand and one Golden Gun shot. So it uh, it does some damage now. Yeah, you, you guys, uh, you guys did an experiment this past week, right? Because the game only shows you six digits. Yep. Right. So nine 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 nine. You guys pulled off like a perfect execution of max damage. Like you were, well, you guys were standing in the well, right? Mm-hmm. You had you had all the yeah. all the buffs going on, and then you waited till in screen. And what was the number that popped up on the? Uh, or excuse me, you guys wiped so you could see the boss damage. And what was the number you guys saw? Rounded up, it was one point four seven million. Yep. Jeez. Yeah, that was that was just with well and synergy. So we could probably get titan melting point and empowered on there but it was just basically to see because the like you said the game only shows us 999,999 um so we wondered if that was just like the cap of one single hit damage or if it's just that's all it could show and we confirmed that it's it's just that's all you know it can show and it actually does more damage than that so the the encounter itself also gives you a damage buff, right? So you, people can't expect to get that kind of damage outside of this raid encounter. Right. No, that's just with the the synergy buff that gives an insane amount of damage. But 
Um, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think anything without that buff can go over nine hundred ninety nine thousand. Yes, um, there is a couple instances where you can get it. Uh, other boss fights, of course, where your damage is slightly increased. I've gotten. I believe I've gotten that before when someone did a melting point and I was in a well for Kali. So it just depends. You can either get it naturally with the synergy buff or. If you can work buffs towards your advantage timing wise, you can pull it off in other situations. Nice. Yeah, you can get some significant Cali damage in now. Like yeah. when Cali but- comes to your plate, just pop her in the face. And then with the practice mix perfect, you can get your super back probably before the actual boss phase, right? Uh, yes. It's just that uh, remember for. The the number I came up earlier, the 1.47 million, was just for that um, Annihilation, Insurgent, Multiplication, Prime boss fight. Um, <laughs> you can actually get 999999 uh, in Kali, but it won't probably be the 1.47 million. It might just be, you know, 1.1 million or et cetera. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I've always been uh, a fan of trying to get in, like, extra dps like when when cali goes to play oh, yeah. so i always thought that that'd be cool to get in there just eke out a little bit more so speaking of you know celestial nighthawk the exotic combo with this uh super update are there any new broken like exotic combos that you guys are seeing or anything that's like super strong or stronger since the update the only one i played was cataclysm with skull of Diaramkar. It's like you get all your super back after killing like six or seven ads. And since Cataclysm now is a little more reliable and actually killing multiple yeah. and more ads like it's supposed to, that makes that exotic just way more valuable, way more useful. Yep. The bottom tree arc super for Titan has gotten a huge buff where the, it lasts forever in PvE and PvP. And um, there's a couple exotics that you can use for it. Like Eternal War- Warrior, you get a like overshield every time you get a i believe you get a kill when you're um activating your fist of havoc so you get basically that overshield and then you can just start killing everything i think i saw i I did it in pvp a couple times and i was able to pretty much last through a whole like team wipe either me killing them or my teammates killing them and then i saw someone do essentially the last three rooms of whisper of the worm with one super of the arc super just because they kept on refilling their super every time they got a kill so it's pretty powerful in in uh in both PvP and PvE. So you were you were using Eternal Warrior, but then you realize that you don't have One-Eyed Mask, and you're like, eh, never mind. Yeah, I mean, One-Eyed Mask probably does it a little bit better, because it's just, if they shoot you at all, you get that overshield. So I would say One-Eyed Mask is still the way to go for all Titan supers. Um, Eternal Warrior just gives you that overshield at the very beginning when you cast your super, so. Yeah. I, I, I really wanted to try the uh, Burning Maul, in pvp uh but yeah and you said it was good right synth yeah better i guess i should say not necessarily good essentially if you saw solar titan in crucible chances are they had burning mall because all you hear is the echoing sound of burning mall activations in the distance and it's like the new it's like the new uh whatchamacallit what's the top tree titan super the the top the hammers you mean yeah it's like hearing that hammer ding that you used to oh, hear yeah. in d1 and people will just turn around and run that's burning mall right now yeah the problem with burning mall still is like it doesn't have an ability to close the gap very well um so if, if someone pops it and they're you run away or they're far away from you 
your failure safe versus obviously top tree hammers they can throw hammers at you or the arc super and the void defender super they both have a left click or a light attack that kind of is used to essentially close a gap between people so it's still a little lackluster in 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 that if you just run away from it but it's if they're pretty close to you it's it's pretty scary i see i do find it valuable or i i I guess i what i should say is i see it being valuable on maps like for example the io or excuse me the titan map where it's pretty close quarters and there's a lot of corners and things for people Mm. to zip and dash and dodge your hammers so i I think burning mall would probably excel there that's pretty good um, but the reason why I did not try it out is because I was trying to earn the last word. <laughs> so I was thinking, man, this is not the time that I want to try out a new super. I want to be using the stuff that I already know because I'm trying to get this quest line done. Uh, you guys all uh, all get the gun? Yep. Nope. Yep. Oh, swag. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I completed the, the, I completed the need... PvP portion, but I couldn't. I didn't uh. have time. I just want to take this moment and bask in the sun of me getting something before Swag did because I don't think it'll ever happen again, but I'll I'll take it while I can. (laughs) Swag, new casual. Hey, welcome to the the Anthem. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Just just go to sleep. I'll DM you whenever we get to Anthem stuff, right? So, (laughs) uh, yeah. What did you guys think about the the quest line? Like, there was memes and jokes and ragey comments all over the place oh you gotta make me go into pvp oh this is so difficult um and then people <laughs> posting like the thorn bounty from d1 for example um you know what you had to do to get that so oh what that did you guys think more forgiving oh yeah because yeah, the thorn the thorn bounty you had to get with void kills and back then it was just like you had um, like you could run some like blue shotgun, or you can run the hand cannon from Crota, which was dog poop. Um, but you'd still try to run it. And then if you were hunter, oh god, because you didn't really have a void subclass. So good luck trying to complete that. So that was definitely um, a lot harder. Um, this one, it was kind of funny um, talking about the complaints as far as going into PvP. I almost saw more people complaining about the complainers than i really saw people complaining i'm sure there were people out there but it almost seemed seemed like this hive mind mentality of like all the top posts on reddits were like just get good it's a pvp thing just just do it but i didn't really see as many people complaining so i wonder if that part kind of got blown out of proportion and then the majority of the loud voices just like came out against them but otherwise um Really, I uh, don't think pe- a lot of people realize, um, like we talked about, it's a lot more forgiving. You only really need a 0.5 KD to, and you'll be able to make progress because you get more percentage from kills than you do from deaths. And you also get uh, percentage from assists. So if you just play passive, um, you know, maybe throw on a scout rifle or a longer range weapon and kind of tag some people up and try and get those kills slash assists, you'll be making progress in the quest. And I don't think a lot of people kind of realize that and it doesn't really obviously do a good job of explaining that to you and maybe if it did it would be a little bit more um forthcoming so that part it it is what it is i i like that it's a there's pvp part um a lot of people don't realize that there's only pvp players out there and they don't get you know if they don't do pve activities that are are difficult like a raid they don't get access to 1kv or one thousand voices or anarchy so you know there's stuff that pvp only players you know they would have to go out of their comfort zone to get so i I think that's the way that it'll uh it kind of brings people out of their element since uh what would you guys or what did you think of the quest line overall 
I did almost uh, all of it except for the like last three objectives with swag. And um, I don't really see how this was considered that difficult considering there's been a lot more difficult things before. Like I remember for the Acrius quest line, you had to do that one um, that one nightfall on some crazy difficulty higher than our max light level. And people didn't really complain about that, but they're here complaining about something that we can mostly do in matchmaking activities. It's, I don't know. Then again, I also did see the effect that what Death was talking about, how there were a lot more people complaining about the complainers and complaining about the actual content. Ultimately, though, the, the quest was fairly simple. And I mean... For I, it's just a little underwhelming that we, as season pass subscribers, essentially paid for a gun that's already been in the game before. It's the whole idea of reused content coming back is really great for nostalgia's sake because I missed my TLW from the first game, but I kind of you know want new things instead of an old experience re-experienced. So I, I thought about that. I, I saw some posts on it and i was thinking well first of all the perk is a little bit different this time around um mm. so the the old last word did not have the caveat of successive hit fire shots or hits do more damage um so it, it was just like you had that hit fire accuracy and target acquisition so that that was something a little bit different than before uh so much that i i see that hip firing even at a pretty medium long range is better than aiming down sight where with the old last word in D one, it would have been better for you to aim down sight and do a nice rhythmic, not spam, but there's like this rhythm to it that you can shoot. And it's a little bit more accurate, probably due to the range stuff um, that we're seeing. Uh, but anyways, where I would aim down sight in D one, I could see hip firing in D two now, but I also thought like, you know, in halo or other games, like even cods, there's like my favorite weapons. And and we're talking about a PvP weapon. This is not a weapon that gets used in PvE. So I, I guess I kind of don't mind that I get that comfort, you know, fun to use weapon back in PvP. No. But if it were PvE, I definitely I totally get you though. Yeah, I tried using it in PvE and ended up being pretty underwhelming. Um, the whole hit firing aspect of it is something that lies much better in pvp especially when you start getting gear with handgun dexterity or hand cannon dexterity and as such and i mean considering you and i are people who generally hip fire even pulse rifles in crucible this very comfortably fits into that play style i just um i don't know maybe it's just i used it so much in destiny one that it just feels normal and i don't get that brand spanking new feeling that i do when let's say for other exotics. Yeah. I know a lot of streamers like Triple Wreck and I think even Real Crafty played some this past this past week. And you know, most of their comments were like, "Oh, this feels so good to go back to this like sniper last word and stuff like that." So mm. yeah, I definitely feel that. I personally thought the quest line was a little too easy. Yeah. I, I look at the quest lines to get like the the seasonal rewards for the PVP weapons. And to me, I feel like a PvP-centric exotic should be as difficult um, or, you know, a little further up there. It took me about three hours because I went back and thought about how much time I spent. I said four the other day. 
but I was accidentally waiting and wasting time on a quest up and I, I didn't read it all correctly. So I actually spent about three hours this past week getting it. And I, I, I think that's a little too, too easy. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, and do you guys that, think it would No, go ahead and start with what you're saying. I was like, do you guys think either length in steps or do you guys think it should have been time gated at any way? I know we all are against time gate, but it also keeps you coming back each week. So I don't know. Not a fan of time gate myself. Same. I don't agree with time getting and instead of length or um, like activity you have to do, I would opt more for complexity. Yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily think it should be like the uh, purples or the legendaries that we get for this season. I actually I actually think those are pretty tough. Uh, I think they could come down a notch almost uh, with the competitive play requirements. Um, but I don't know. At the same time, like you want to give them something to grind towards. You also got to realize too, um, you're, uh, you know, I'm going to say we all here, you are definitely like a more higher tier PVP player. So doing the part where you, you make progress and lose progress didn't take as much time for you that it maybe did for another player that isn't as good in, at PVP and is more of a PVE player. So, you know, that three hours that it took you may take, you know, five or six or seven for a player not as not as good as you. So uh, maybe that's where, and you, know, and you were rewarded, you know, quote unquote rewarded for being better at PVP so you didn't have to do as many PVP matches. So it's hard, maybe that's, you know, the reward for you is, is that it's it's better to, to, it's faster to do it if, if you're more efficient at that. But, you know, for regular players, not as, um, you know, p- players that aren't as good as P- PvP, that it takes a little bit longer for them. Yeah, I definitely see that. I, it only took me seven games total, though, for the PvP part. So I thought that was a little, a little shallow. Like, even if you are a good PvP player, I would expect it to take, like, I don't know, 15, 20 games at least. And then, yeah, like the other... Uh, like I don't think it's necessarily bad that it it would be something that not time gated, but it would take like two or three weeks for a non PVP player to get this because this is a an exotic like a very iconic high skill curve, relatively you know weapon kind of thing. So, anyways, that's all I got to say about yeah. that. But uh, yeah, I totally get you on that one. What's up, Swag? Also, for PVP players who may be complaining about the quest, this weapon was wasn't really made for PVE use. So it's a PvP-centric weapon. Mm. So if you take more time to grind the weapon, it's completely fine because the activity you usually play in, this weapon is not going to be useful for you immediately. For sure. Let's move on to the TWAB of this last week. So in in this week's TWAB, they talk about the last word, you know, coming out and people getting it. And they also mentioned the Whisper Quest, which is now available every day, all the time, but you still have to wait for the public events in that area on IO. So uh, if you do not have the Whisper Quest yet, uh, you know, it's a good time to go hop in there. And with the super changes, there's some pretty easy ways to get that done, right? Uh, I think the Titan Slam can one-shot the boss now. There's, yeah, there's some pretty pretty OP. Plus the, yeah, the, you know, Night Stalker Hunter or the Titan Slam can clear out those rooms really easily. There's a lot of easy stuff to do. And this is, you know, if you're missing the masterwork as well, even if you already have your Whisper, it's a good point to do it. So for now um, on, it, it should be, for now on, it should be a lot easier to get your Whisper. Uh, not only that, the events have a faster spawn rate now on IO as well. Cool. And they also talk about getting the clan back together. 
Uh, and their words are, since Forsaken launch, we've been gathering feedback concerning clans, their progression, and their rewards. They talk about uh, how in the past two seasons they tried some new things with the clan perks. What they're trying to do, they said, is to create stronger clans where players can make new friends in Destiny and give stronger incentives for clans to play with their clanmates. And starting in Season 6, they're going to return to the Destiny 2 launch system for gaining clan experience. And if you don't know what that is, that means pretty much there's no more bounties. You just group up with your clan mates, you go do things as a clan, and you get XP and level it up. Uh, and there's only going to be three weekly bounties that require playing with your clan mates to complete. And these will be one PvE raid and PvP weekly bounty from Hawthorne. Uh, and they reward legendary gear and a big chunk of clan XP. And there's some more rank changes some rewards for each rank and we'll talk about those in a minute but before we move on me personally i i think no daily bounties is great i hated going to have to pick those things up every day uh in order to contribute towards my weekly reward or to the clan xp and i would rather just be able to go group up and play Uh, do any of you guys think differently on that i don't know why they just want to have both i agree with you you shouldn't be required to pick up the daily bounties but i think for some players having that daily bounty it's basically a a direction of where you're going to go to do your playtime. So if the day bounty is just like do a lost sector or play a crucible match, like, you know, that can kind of direct people into playing specific things. They have a goal to complete. So I, I think it would be better if they just had both systems in place and, you know, you could do just whatever if you wanted to. And then if you actually complete, you know, the specific reward for this, um, you know, daily bounty, it'll give you a little bit more. I agree with you though, that it's nice not having to do it, but I think they should still have the daily ones in there. So maybe just decoupling the XP aspect of it and maybe giving you some nominal rewards or some things in the bounties. Would, is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, you can still have a little bit of XP boost on there, but yeah, maybe if it drops some materials or um, you know, a couple legendary shards or glimmer or something like that, a good way to, to kind of supplement your, your normal playtime. I honestly think they should have never changed it the way it was originally and instead just built upon that. This is something that Bungie's been seen to do before when there's something that they don't really like the way it's going. They'll just scrap it and use a completely different method. Um, originally, I think it would have been great to do whatever activities you want, but you can also have this to help guide what you're going to be getting XP in because I'm sure you can get the clan XP while fulfilling these bounties that Hawthorne has to offer. But um, most of all... Um, Anything that encourages clans playing together and not by force, but naturally is definitely a plus. Speaking of getting clans to play together, uh, and because we could argue about the UI and the decision choices of having bounties or not having them, because I think that's something that Destiny has been going back and forth on and not really pinned down very well, Mm. uh, you know, between you know, pursuits and bounties, and you know, now we have the director with all the little activities on there, uh, you know, which I think is great. And I think they should just scrap bounties altogether unless it's specific like events or weekly kind of stuff and just go with the director stuff. But people playing together, these weekly bounties, and I'm kind of speculating here, they said they will reward legendary gear and a big chunk of clan XP. If this bounty system for the weeklies for clans replaces the freebie ones where people as long as someone in the clan did this everyone gets rewarded would you guys be okay with that or do you think that's uh that's a bad idea taking those freebie 
legendaries away. I think it's a it's a good idea to have the legendary gear because, like for example, one week some third players don't get time to play the game, and these legendary gear help them catch up with other players in their clan. I guess so. It's better to have the freebie legendary gear. Yeah, and I think it kind of creates a sense of like, hey guys, you know, we we knocked out that that nightfall. Um, clan bounty this week or that raid clan bounty this week go ahead and pick it up um it's kind of uh creates that sense of community is like hey we did this you know for you guys you know no problem or whatever um so i think this legendary go hopefully just supplement that um as long as the the free clan um gear is just world drops and though when it first came out like you could get trials gear through those clan bounties i think that was and i think raid gear too right so i think that was a little bit of a mistake because people kind of took that as like you didn't even do the raid and you just or trials and you got the same stuff as us putting in that time so as long as it's just the general world loot pool i think it's okay so as people who actually do pick up these bounties and go out and do the work to to do them uh do you think they need to tune these to be like you know powerful or more powerful than the other ones or from a different table of something to get you know re-rolls and things like that or you find just it being more world drops like the other ones are you got to be careful um of having specific loot for these um because people that are either in small clans or um, not in a clan you know i don't want them to be gated from something so i think just with the random roll system we have now i think it's fine just continuing them to be, be uh random drops and be able to try to get the correct roll that you want on the gear as your clan levels its banner the rewards you receive from these bounties grow and they give some random rank rewards here which did i miss something is there a graphic somewhere showing the other ones or are they just deciding to only highlight these and we're to assume that the other ranks are pretty much the same from previous banners wait banners do something (laughs) (laughs) yeah they they give you a unique ui experience where you get to look at these things and there's a picture of a banner right next to it okay fun fact Synth actually told me like a month ago that you can <laughs> actually change your banner in Destiny 2, like the way it looks. Yeah. So you get after one for each playing season. almost a year and a half, I just realized that. So thanks, Synth. I mean, like do you see thing? it anywhere though? Though, like, like where do you even see the clan banner? Like, I know you see it like on your character, but you don't like show it externally to anything. Man, like, what if the raid banner showed your clan banner? Now, that, that's what we're talking about there. Mm. Um, getting back onto this, I think this is supplementing what you're talking about, Halen. The 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 um, rank rewards this is supplementing that because these things at three, four, and six are what you're going to get in drops for the weekly clan bounties that we talked about before. So this is every time you do one of those weeklies, this thing's going to drop either mod components, enhancement cores, or... Um, at rank six, whatever the, you can get a fourth bounty at rank six. So I think this supplements what the current stuff is of like, you get um, more drops when doing a strike or whatever the stuff is that we have now. Yeah, that's good because I was thinking that they were just sampling, like this is what this one is at rank whatever. But if, if they are supplementing, then that makes more sense. And I think that's good because the other stuff's still useful, especially for newer players. But these changes, which I guess I haven't even read them yet. At rank 3, you earn mod components when completing a weekly bounty. At rank 4, you earn enhancement cores when completing a weekly bounty. And at rank 6, rank six, your clan will unlock a fourth weekly bounty, which then gives you more 
mod components and enhancement cores. So uh, for in-game uh, players that play, like, this is great. Like, this could just give you a source for all those things that you need without having to go out and shop and see spiders so much and that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, the spider thing is irritating for me personally because it forces you to do five different bounties just to get five enhancement cores. And you're doing that apart from the normal things you actually want to do in the game, like raiding or leveling up your character. So this is actually a good change since you can just do your weekly bounties, get powerful gear while getting enhancement cores. And then they talk about another perk uh, or the tier five perk for season six. So they're actually giving us the actual perk, which I guess now in hindsight, Beth talking about how you think these are supplemental, that little statement right there kind of shows that, hey, these are extra and we're not talking about the actual perks yet. But the perk reads, Crucible and Strike Catalysts have an increased drop rate when playing with clan mates. So we'll just take that for face value, more Catalysts. But for a lot of people that already have the Catalysts, this doesn't mean much. Uh, they said that they plan to release a few more for our year one reserve during season of the drifter for you to chase. Is there anything that I'm missing to think that this doesn't mean the rally faction catalyst? That totally means the faction rally catalyst. Those there's no other catalyst in the game. I totally unless said there's the, the one rally faction, didn't I? That's you gotta uh, keep subtitle. Title. Um, no, no, I'm in charge. The, I refuse. I figured. Um, the <laughs> Arms Day. There's also an Arms Day event that has supposedly had Catalyst tied to it that nobody has seen in the game. But I mean, yay for the drip feed, though. Unless this means also that, like the um, the ones that were only in the Prestige raid layers. What is it? Um, I think Telesto, Tractor Cannon, and Sleeper Simulant, unless those are being added to the the pool, which I kind of hope it isn't because it still gives meaning to go back to into those old raids to get those catalysts. But that's the only other thing that I could think of possibly that wouldn't be the Faction Rally catalyst that they're talking about here. Right, because the, the perk itself doesn't insinuate that that's going to happen because they would, they would have to add them to the drop table of Crucible and Strikes in order for that to happen. Um, Same with the faction rally ones, though. They'd have to add to the drop pool. Yeah. So, anyways, we plan to release a few more from our year one reserve. Yeah. So, uh, but all those that you just mentioned are from year one. So, that it could be sky's the limit on what they decide to throw in there on that loot table. So, but what about the pain I had to endure to get those catalysts in one week collecting 800 <laughs> tokens? Oh man, the that last was... word quest was like that was uh, shell shocking me. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. It basically doing those fifteen lost sectors while doing public events. Oh my god! And that, that reminds me. Yeah, I, it was like this last word quest is just this payback to make us go back and do this farm that we did pretty much like the the hive quest steps. It it was almost exactly the same things. You do this particular public event, you go do this particular uh, lost sector in the same place, and this is the most efficient way to get this part done. Anyway, I think it was a cheeky little thing that they did, almost. Uh, Otherwise, it just shows that there wasn't very much... They weren't paying close attention to what the community was doing there. Um, So, yeah, I think it was a little bit of a 
cheekiness going on. Like, haha, guess what? You guys are doing to get the last word. And last but not least, also ethereal keys from last wish raid will have a maximum stack of five. So if you are stacking up those keys because you think that there's only one or two thousand voices in all those chests, you're going to go open up all 23 of them, however many there are at one time. First of all, that was debunked like this last week, I think, on Twitter. Uh, but second of all, you can't do it because it only stacks to five. And they said if you have more than five, you will lose them once uh, this update goes goes live. So make sure to start using those and don't stack them higher than that. And same thing with Iron Banner Bounties from Season of the Forge. They will expire and be removed from player inventory. So make sure you don't go into Season 6 with that stuff in your inventory or you'll just lose out. All right. It's time you all have been waiting for. Let's talk about some Anthem. Let's go. I just want to plug this about Anthem. There's been so much uneducated hate towards this game. So many comments of videos from people who obviously didn't watch the video. So many just, oh, EA game, get ready to fail. Or EA game, get ready to get ripped off. It's, it's just really crazy. So be careful out there when you're looking at stuff. Don't don't believe everything that people say. Even some content creators that are otherwise very reliable on information um, have just used this. To, they just you know they they pick the side. They want to ride the the hype train on you know the positive side or the more negative side. And unfortunately, you know there there are some negative which leads to misinformation and false stuff. So just be careful out there. Uh, what I do recommend, and this is the plug I was talking about, is go on Twitter, follow the actual the game's official account, and then follow the dev's account. All right? Um, that's going to be your best source of information. And then pay attention to who the devs respond to or comment on as far as content creators. Uh, sometimes there, it's legitimate. It's not just like a uh, you know sellout promotion kind of thing. Go check them out. You be the judge. Criticize what they have to say. And then if they're good, follow them on YouTube or Twitter or wherever it's at. And that can be another source of good information. Um, so I highly recommend doing that. And then into our some topics for that we want to talk about this week. There's also some official Reddit posts out there from the developers themselves. Uh, and obviously that's a good source of information. Uh, the, the few topics that were put out just about a day or two ago are on the Alliance and Guild system, PCUI and PC aiming and flight controls, which has been very hot topics. Uh, what do you guys think of like just the overall communication so far from Bioware? Like just as a whole, like how have they been doing on communication? Do you, you guys appreciate it? You think it's good, top tier? Yeah, I think it's been uh, really good. Um, both, like I talked about a little bit last week when they had a bunch of the issues with the demo, they put out like a blog post kind of detailing exactly what went wrong. And then as you said, um, on any Reddit post, they have um, <clears throat> on the Anthem subreddit, Anthem the Game subreddit, they have a bot that um, any thread, if a Bioware employee responds, it'll like um, put it up at the top, just like Bungie does or the Destiny subreddit does for any Bungie employee. And a lot of these top threads, there's like 10 to 15 comments by Bioware employees just responding to people and kind of giving clarification and you know, I browse the Destiny subreddit a lot. And while Bungie is on there and is active, it doesn't seem like they're as active um, as I've seen them on on the um, the Bioware employees um, active on the uh, Anthem Reddit. And also, you talked about who to kind of follow. Uh, one that I would recommend on Twitter is 
Ben Irving. It's at Ben, B-E-N-I-R-V-O on Twitter. And he's been like, people ask questions and he like quote tweets it and just responds. And he's been a really good source of information too. Jonathan Warner, which is game director there. Mark Dara, Ben Irving. We've already said that. Michael Gamble. So th- those are the ones at least I'm following. Um, and they are some of the more vocal out there at least on the, Twitter. And, and, and these aren't just community managers, right? These aren't just like the people that are kind of drip fed information and kind of smooth over the community. These are like actual devs that have the real answers that can, that are responding to people and, and, you know, answering people's questions. So I think that's really cool that it's not just, you know, community managers have do a good job and they do with the information that they can, they can have, but they don't, they're not in there developing the game every day. They don't know exactly, you know, all the nitty gritty of it. These are actually like developers and um, project leads that are responding to people. So let's talk about the actual information that was put out there. Uh, first of all, the Alliance and Guild system, which there was a lot of confusion about. I, for one, thought Alliance was the Guild or Clan system in the game. And it's not. <laughs> the Guild system is the Guild system in the game. And just to nip this in the bud really quick, Guilds are not going to be a thing at launch. Uh, to be short on that. Uh, that's what they, they talk about in Reddit posts, but, you know, they're coming. So for now, what we're going to have at launch is the Alliance system. How they explained the Alliance system was if you play with people, the game will take into account five, like, top five players you play with and take their gaming XP and add it at a pool and gift it to you at the end of the week. So... Even if you play with, with your top five friends or not, uh, even if you play solo or play with them, at the end of the week, the game will make a pool of all those people and the activities they play and grant you that EXP and coins at the end of the week. So I think it's pretty good system. Plus, they have a high cap for those EXP and coins. And one of the devs stated that it will be harder for you to reach that cap in a week. So that looks promising because some hardcore players end up playing a lot. And having these sort of caps really limits their amount of playtime or doesn't reward their playtime. So having a huge cap for this is good for the game. You don't have to only play with the same four or five people to maximize or to get it, period which is what I thought before is how it sounded like, oh, I need to have this core group of people in order to advance this alliance system and or to, you know, maximize it. Instead, this is just this is just making people just play in a group, period, essentially. Uh, and also to have friends on their pr- friends list because players on your friends list who play without you, they also give experience into the alliance system. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just going to be like spam friend invites and fill up your friends list. Uh, but it will encourage like more group play, which I think is the whole goal of this alliance system from Bioware's point of view. Yeah, and they said it, it only take into account your top like five friends that you played with. So you know, people that have twenty friends or whatever, thirty friends, fifty friends, you know, aren't going to have that much advantage. But what I'm curious about is like. Is the amount you play with each friend capped at your, you know, you only get so many alliance points for, for that friend. So, for example, if I play with Swag, that's the only person I play with for a week straight. You know, I play, I don't know, 40 hours in that week. If I play 40 hours with him, am I going to get the same amount of torn my alliance is if I played, you know, five hours with Synth, five hours with you, Halen, five hours with somebody else, you know, up to 40 hours. 
is 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 that equal is there their cap per friend and I, so that's what i'm a little confused about um so I, th- I guess i don't know if we have that information or we'll have to wait and see for that i forgot about that aspect that they did say it will be like your top five friends that will contribute to it so which is kind of backwards to me as well at the same time it kind of emphasizes playing with other people but at the same time it, it emphasizes you playing with these other people well we will have to see what the numbers are right like you said uh, to see if this is actually like a system that plays against itself almost. Uh, and I, I don't think they're going to make it too crazy where like, oh man, I would, I was, I will play with this person, but I really need to wait like 15 minutes. So my other friend gets on cause he's a part of my Alliance system and I don't want to waste this time playing with this other person kind of thing. Cause I gotta get my cap, you know, that's something I don't want to see for sure. Yeah. The PC UI was the other, was another topic. And really what they're talking about there is, the actual menus and navigating them on PC. They're going to make that a little more friendly, which I, I, I think it's kind of, kind of, kind of weird, but like, I didn't see it. I guess there was more, out, more vocal people out there than I thought about this topic. I had a, some kind of weird stuff with it is it seemed like you almost had to double click on stuff when it, it seemed like you shouldn't have, or like say you're adjusting your um, sensitivity slider or something like that. You'd have to like, double click into the sensitivity thing to adjust it instead of just like a single click that you would kind of mentally think. So I think that's part of the optimizations that they're talking about. Yeah, and they said this a lot that they've made many changes to the game already. The the only goal for demo was giving us a feel for the javelins rather than the UI. So I think in the final game, the UI will be much better. Yeah, I I don't know if we said this last week when we talked about Anthem for a bit or if it's just been, I felt like I said it over and over again in Discord, but uh, if you haven't heard this, the demo was a specific build. It was a demonstration of the game. It was almost like a a sandbox, small little mini game of sorts, and it was made, well, almost eight weeks ago now, that far away, so almost two months old, and all these updates and things that they're talking about since the demo started, uh, you, you can't you can't always directly tie them. Uh, they are putting this information out to address people's concerns to show that, like, hey, this is what we're working on and what we've changed. But you can't uh, expect that it's a linear, like, uh, you know, one jump from the demo. There's been jumps before that because they've already been working on the game since then. Uh, and then the next topic they put out there is the PC aiming and flight, which... Uh, we will be going into the embargo lift here in a second, but a lot of content creators have put out their videos and uh, recordings from their in-game playing that they, they got to do. Some people got to go out to Japan and do a special playing of, of the full game. In some of those videos and posts that they've put out there, they said that the controls on PC, mouse, and keyboard are much, much better. So this is probably, you know, uh, this post here is, is talking about that as well. Uh, but I, I feel like a lot of people, even with the demo updates, which is like, you know, in the middle, apparently, of where they're at, a lot of people were, were happy with it. But are you guys still trying to find that sweet spot of your settings and not really happy with it? I've 100% stuck to using controller. It just feels so much better. I tried doing tweaks that I've seen on various places like Reddit and our Discord, but in the end, it just doesn't feel smooth enough. So I went ahead and popped in the Xbox Elite controller, and it's been a breeze. And since it's not something like PvP where I have to be extremely particular about my aim, I don't mind it at all. 
Yeah, I started the I, last week. I did the VIP demo on mouse and keyboard only, and then this week for the open demo, I did plugged in my Xbox Elite controller as well. I'm playing strictly controller, and controller feels a lot better. Um, just for flying, underwater, um, and just even just stuff in combat, it feels really good. Um, so I'll probably be sticking with that for now. I'm gonna when the full release comes, I'm gonna see the changes that they've implemented with mouse and keyboard, and see I'll probably switch to it to see if it feels. Um, either just as good or, or better than how I was doing a controller. Otherwise, I'm probably just going to switch back to a controller full-time. And they did say in one of the Reddit threads that they removed the negative mouse acceleration and switched to raw mouse input. So that should solve that those should PC control issues. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That weird feel of keyboard emulating console controls was really like floaty and not comfortable at all for precision and muscle memory. Yeah, you, you compared it, uh, you had a good analogy this week in Discord, right, Synth? What did you compare it to? Yeah, so like I said, it's like using the, the Zim device to use keyboard and mouse on console. Yeah, it just seems like there's some, some weird delay there when you're yeah. using mouse and keyboard. Yeah, the mouse movements are based on how fast you move the mouse instead of what distance you move the mouse. Yeah. So it's really hard to get that into your muscle memory as of now. So. Well, out of principle, I will be playing on mouse and keyboard. So as much as I know this game probably is awesome on the controller. Uh, I just haven't tried it yet. Who knows? Maybe I'll try it and convert. We'll just wait till uh, you get to flying and you hit the water. There, I couldn't take keyboard and mouse anymore. I had to switch to <laughs> controller. Hey, I see it as a challenge to become one of body and mind and move my mouse about half a millimeter at a time while I turn underwater. <laughs> so let's move on to some embargo lift stuff because this is the exciting stuff, right? This this is the gameplay and items. I think most of this is just going to be talking about the masterwork items. Did you guys see any YouTube videos or posts about any of these items? Oh, yeah. I haven't. Oh, you what? Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm not really big on following people on YouTube or Twitch or Twitter and stuff, so I've done as far as I can with the articles here and there I read. Okay. Well, uh, Swag, let's uh, let's talk to him about this stuff then. Uh, yeah. Swag, the most well, impressive one was the Colossus uh, Master Rip component that they had. He already knew which... what I was going to ask him. He just went straight into it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after using your super and getting multi-kills with that, you can increase your super charge rate by 3,300%, which is insane because just apart from those three shots you get in super, now you can get seven or eight shots of those bombs for the Colossus, and that's that's actually insane. I feel like this is something that on higher difficulties, but it's just like... The golden gun update sort of where you may have a situation where you can go shot on boss shot on this group of ads over here shot on boss shot on this group of ads over here kind of yeah. thing or if you're able to one shot you know medium enemies and you can just extend your ultimate that many times you can just take out more of those medium sized enemies yeah plus this game being strictly pve they can add whatever insane components they want for the dps you yeah, don't have think, to worry about PvP element. I think that's what a lot of people are not quite fully understanding with just the demo is like 
we're not getting these powerful masterworks um, items that you just talked about. Um, so some classes or some bills maybe feel a little underwhelming or some guns. But, you know, if you comparing it to because we have a lot of Destiny listeners compared to Destiny, it's like, you know, when you don't run an exotic, you don't feel as powerful when you do run an exotic or a blue or green gun doesn't uh, doesn't sound, you know, doesn't feel as good as a exotic gun or a, a purple gun. So <clears throat> this stuff starting to get leaked, I think, is a good, good indication of, you know, how powerful some cool builds that we can do. Yeah, for sure. The the viability of stuff, it, it, you just can't grasp it in the demo right now. Uh, you just got to wait. But seeing seeing this content, though, will give you a good idea um, as to what's going on. MTash actually has a pretty good video out there. So anyone from the Destiny community that you know knows of MTash, uh, he, he, he's been putting out some videos uh, about Anthem, and he, he pretty much goes over almost all of the masterworks that have been seen from from this uh, embargo lift. He also shows one of the strong builds. It had a combination of uh, a specific focus and Blast Seal as their masterwork uh, versions. And it probably did like 200% more damage in the actual gameplay. For example, if your normal damage did like 2000 DPS, after equipping those particular masterwork components, your damage was up like close to 6,000 or something like that. Yeah, we won't go over all the masterworks, but there are a lot of, when you do this, like after you've done this, this other ability is increased damage by X percent. Or while this is on cooldown, this also does X percent more damage. There's a lot of that, like the synergy of back and forth and incentivizing you to do a certain rotation or ordering of things. And we see those mostly on Storm and Ranger, uh, as well as a little bit on Interceptor. So uh, those are, I was really excited to see those. I like that because I've said this in the past, but something I really like about Anthem is that it does bring in a lot of the MMO uh, RPG as far as the abilities and rotation goes, as well as, you know, firing a weapon, you know, shooting uh, at enemies. So I was really excited to see that. Some of the masterworks that I think are easing minds of a lot of people as far as they couldn't really see, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying, Death, about the viability of certain things. Like, how's this going to work? Uh, something I've seen a lot is the Colossus isn't tanky, for example. What? Yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of comments out there and a lot of arguments about it should have a shield because health doesn't regen. I go in, I take damage. Yes, I can use my... I don't have a mobility move, but instead I have this shield that can hold up ability. But there is a masterwork that will restore your armor by 35% when you strike an enemy with a rocket. It's essentially like a lifesteal effect. Nah, it's not the right word to put onto it. It's just the regen effect. So every time you fire your rocket abilities, uh, you're going to restore 35% armor, which is essentially your health on Colossus. So that is a thing, and I can definitely see that, you know, really supplementing and helping you out in those situations where you could have a little more survivability. I can see it being way more viable and answering concerns of a lot of those people that said, I don't think it's tanky. Uh, what do you guys think, or do you guys think it's fine the way it is, even if we didn't have this masterwork? Uh, Colossus seems pretty fine as it is right now. I was soloing a bunch of hard content just because a lot of my gear does have plus armor on it. I mean, I even have one item that gives me 
somewhere in like an extra 300 to 450 armor and uh, i don't feel weak at all i mean i was uh earlier today i was browsing reddit and saw that someone completed a hard difficulty mission completely solo as a colossus after his team i guess either they crashed or just left or whatever and he was able to complete the mission all by himself uh, something else that was talked about or at least brought up in the the embargo lift uh, was an image about the in-game purchases and what they're going to cost with the currencies but we don't know the real dollar value of those yet um, so we don't know but there are going to be some armor packs where you essentially get what the head, arms, legs, body, like it's like a skin pretty much. Um, and I, I don't know if that means that you'll be able to do a la carte um, parts here and there. Uh, but you can also buy some of these items with coin, which coin is the in-game currency that you earn from things like the Alliance system, which uh, you know we talked about earlier. And... They're, they said that they are going to make it, you know, price it in a way that you don't feel like you have to grind, like, forever just to get it. Um, so that's also, you know, kind of good to know. Um, yeah, I think just to make it clear, as far as we know right now, this is all cosmetic stuff. So when we say armor, you know, people that are on Destiny kind of think, oh, that's stuff with stats. But if you've played the demo or have watched stuff, it's just cosmetic changes to your armor and then, like, I know emotes are included on there. Um, so in the in the demos, you're able, all that stuff is just 25 coin. But that's the stuff that's going to be, you know, we don't know the prices yet. Nothing of that stuff has been set um, fully. So that's the type of stuff that, as of right now, you can buy with, with coin. It's nothing that, as we know, will be, like, pay to win or pay, play, pay to whatever type of stuff. And something that Bioware has been really transparent about recently is talking about what content's going to be available. Uh, whenever the game launches and anthems in game currently is going to consist of three strongholds one we are, we are already seen in the demo which is the big spider boss scorpion not scorpion Scor spider scorpion. scorpion same same but different uh so it's pretty much like that it's kind of like a strike which can take a long time and there's also going to be repeatable missions so i'm guessing similar to destiny where there's like the hard mission of the day kind of thing probably that rotates uh, there will be open world stuff, which we still don't have a lot of information on yet. Uh, what is just going to happen randomly in the world? We know that shaper storms are still a thing. If you remember from the E3 trailer uh, towards the end, that's what uh, the squad like jumps into there. But we still don't have a lot of information on what that is. Uh, and there's going to be contracts, which should be like bounties, um, where you go out and you complete... Well, I'm not going to say that because there are bounties and like stuff that you will complete, like go kill X amount of this or percents of that. And that's just like your weekly and monthly bounties. But contracts are more like these missions that you go out in the world and do, but they're going to they're gonna have some variance to them. Uh, some of the creators said like the, the, the enemy types are random locations and things like that. That's pretty much what in-game is going to be like. What, what do you guys think about at start, at launch, this in-game? I'll be honest, it, it looked a little light when I first saw this and um, kind of briefly thought about it. Three, three strongholds, you know, yes, they're they're pretty involved and they're a little bit longer than Destiny Strikes, but they're still fairly short. Um, and 
the you know the repeatable missions one per day i don't know if this means is once we complete the whole story if you only do one mission per day you know or if that's just the one that gives you the the loot the higher level loot and you can still do other missions for maybe material or anything like that but when i think about it more the roaming the open world um the contracts and the world events and stuff like that that's actually a lot of content more than we're kind of used to in destiny roaming roaming the open world just stuff happens events pop up here and there so i think that'll be okay um i just worry about the repayability and what really we're working towards when we are farming for this gear is it being able to do this stuff on higher level and is that getting this gear being able to do that is that more rewarding so that's it kind of has me a little worried to be honest um but we'll see first i thought this might be like less content for the uh, at the release but for someone who is only buying anthem and who's only going to play that game that may seem less but then i realized that i'll be playing destiny anthem and division at the same time so i was sort of relieved that there is li- like sort of limited content, so I don't have to uh, sacrifice my sleep to complete these activities. Wait, Swag, you're gonna keep playing Destiny? <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, you don't all. know what you Destiny don't know what's coming down the pipe. Yeah. Uh, gimme content? No thanks. Uh, for Anthem, it seems that. A lot of people are worried that there's going to be a little bit of brevity in terms of end game content, but we need to remember generally the crowd that reaches end game immediately are those small percentage that are like the really diehard players. And just like Halen said that there can, there might be stuff in the pipe for future content. Who knows if we don't get some end game content after a month where a good majority of the player base will start reaching that preparedness for end game um for end game experiences my only gripe so far of the anthem at least in and at least in a demo is just that the uh primer detonation system is a little shallow but aside from that it seems like they've really created a baseline of a game in which they can easily expand upon I've been seeing a lot of posts and things out there. They they have made it clear that there is a roadmap. I, they they haven't really shared much on it yet, and I don't blame them. Like let them release the game first before they start making promises on things. Um, yeah. You know, before it gets too farther, too much further. Uh, so I, I feel like the, with the updates being free, as long as they make those updates in a in a good timeline where people don't get like the salt doesn't stew. Uh kind of like um World of Warcraft post expansion release or like between the first, next major patch like the X.1. Yeah. Or the dot .2 uh you know they're sitting on the same old content that was mastered months ago. Cuz they have the different difficulty tiers, right? And we only have up to hard in the demo, but there's Grandmaster 1, 2 and 3. My hope is between patches to do Grandmaster 3 you have to be like the top of your game with the top gear and you're not able to do it until you know close or the middle between pink patches so it's that's something to work up towards and that's why you're continually grinding these three strongholds is to try and keep on getting better gear and optimizing your loadout to be able to get and do that grandmaster three difficulty yeah and that's also something that was put out 
uh, with this embargo lift is people trying Grandmaster 1. And the group that I saw, they had full purples and like a handful of masterworks, like two or three masterworks each. And they were doing the same stronghold as we have in the demo. And that first part with like the turrets and everything, they said that they like banged their heads against it for like 15 minutes just on that first little corridor. And they they kept they wiped they kept wiping and they ended up having to switch it back down to hard which does scale you know with I guess your pilot level and maybe your gear score I'm not too clear on that one um, so it does seem that Grandmaster one's a pretty big leap and looking at the numbers on two to three I would expect the same like it would probably have to be like super synergistic uh, masterwork gear and loadout as well as maybe your composition kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that that gets me excited. Yeah, one thing I was kind of worried about is that the gap between hard and Grandmaster One, Grandmaster One and Two, et cetera, et cetera, would be too large, leaving people to, as you said, bang their heads against it for a while and eventually just give up and not really explore those difficulties. But I'm sure things will be fine tuned relatively quickly, at least for the PC community, since we can get updates much more frequently than the console versions. And the rewards have to be there, right? For doing that hard end content, hard hard content. And and in the demo, we don't have crafting. We don't have dailies and week or weeklies, monthlies or whatever there's going to be. So there's a lot of stuff that we don't have that are going to be outlets for better gear. So that, they they just had like eight hours of play and they got that full um you know they got full purples and some masterworks and mm-hmm. I, I feel like if that's all they went into the grandmaster one with if it takes you an extra like week or two of resets to get to that level then that's fine to me um so the one person i did did watch uh he did say it felt like they just weren't ready it didn't feel like it was over tuned it's just that their gear and stuff just wasn't there yet so I think you can craft in the demo, right? You can, but it's you can't, uh, you know, progress it even further oh, yeah. past like those those uh, rarities. And yeah. uh, there's also I think it's just weapons too, right? Correct. I don't think it's abilities. Okay. And I think this kind of game, like, it's not gonna it's not gonna matter too much that we're grinding as long as the gear reward is there. Like if we are yeah. getting, you know, different roles and we're min maxing characters and then we're doing that across four javelins, which honestly, after playing the demo, do feel re- unique. Like I don't feel like I'm just doing the same thing over again, just with slightly different gear set. Like the play styles are unique enough for me. That's a new experience. I, I think this kind of content is pretty OK. Like I, I could see them sitting on this for a good month and a half or two um, after launch until they can get out something else. I don't know if that was yeah. bloated to you guys. Yeah, I think it sounds fine. I think we'll be able to at least ride the high of release for at least a month or two, especially considering we do have uh, Division 2 coming out for those that will be willing to play it and some more rehashed content from Bungie's behalf if you want to play that. Did you guys ever play an MMO called Rift? Oh, yeah. So Rift had their whole thing was you're roaming the world and you can make rifts happen or rifts just happen randomly. And it was one of the more rewarding things to do. And they treated them as like pop-up dungeons, like in the middle of the, the plane space in the world. Uh, so we, we don't know what the roaming open world activities are going to be like, but if it's something like that, 
uh, you know, or even if it's just like Destiny public event kind of thing, and they're interesting and really fun to do, that extra layer of content in addition to Stronghold's contracts and repeatable missions, uh, yeah, I think that's that's pretty good for a, a, an actual looter game, you know, with good mm-hmm. stat rolls and stuff like that. Yeah, I love that this game is uh, also ability-centric, not just weapon-centric, because I realized the difference when I played the demo for the first time. I'm used to playing Destiny for 15 hours. I did the same thing for Anthem, and my left hand was literally hurting because I was pressing so many buttons because they have like low cooldowns, and plus you can combo stuff. So it's not just centered around weapons, but you need to use your abilities to get stuff done in this game for sure oh uh did you guys know that there's like a pilot tree as well i know you played the alpha so you may have already been aware of that there's like a a pilot talent tree that will it's gonna be all like can help you fly longer or hover longer things like that i don't isn't that included in the components i'm not sure yeah, so the your pilot is what has the level and everything, and your gear goes on your javelin, and your javelin has the mm-hmm. gear score. But there's also a uh, skill tree kind of thing, oh. um, so you can further min-max that as well. That was something that the devs also kind of spoke to, but they didn't want to spoil what all is in the tree itself. Um, but that's oh. also something that's there. Um, with theory building, or theory crafting, min-maxing gear, plenty of stuff to keep busy. Um, you know, oh, with this content. For those of you who are still on the fence about this game and don't really want to commit to pre-ordering, that's totally fine because EA also has the option where you can choose the, what is it called? The, uh, just EA Access? Origin Premiere. Origin, Origin Premiere. Um, there's the, or basic. Yeah, exactly. I thought the word Premiere meant the Premiere one. So yeah, there's Origin Access or is it just Origin Basic? Origin Access Basic and Origin Access Premiere. Right, and the basic one right now, you can get the first month for a dollar, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And that will give you 10 hours of access on the 15th. Uh, so you could, if you are able to play on the 15th, uh, you just log in, pretty much pay a dollar to try out the game for 10 hours, and you can have access to Origins games for uh, you know a month. So even on the 22nd, uh, you'll be able to play Anthem you know, with everyone else for an extra 21-ish days, right? Yep. And then if you want to get in early and keep playing the game for even longer and give it like the true test drive before you buy, you can go up to 15 bucks and you will be able to start playing on the 15th and there is not a 10 hour window. You just keep playing it, um, you know, until the, your month runs out. Uh, so that's a pretty good option. You're going to be paying a little extra because eventually you will have to buy the game if you want to keep it indefinitely. Or if there's like other origin games out there, you just want to you know, pay per month. But I, I feel like, at first, I was like, "Man, they're making people like get this premiere thing so they could pay play a week early." But I see the value now, and it's a good medium to do not do the uh, the pre order bait kind of thing. So, and then if you still like the game after that month, go ahead and do the standard um, game for you know sixty bucks or whatever it is, and you still get to keep your pre order bonuses that you would have got for I think eighty dollars. So, you know, you only spent fifteen dollars more. And you're getting, you know, twenty dollars worth of content. Plus, you got to play play early, unlimited. Not only that, for those that are getting Origin Access Premiere, you do actually get friend referral or friend access codes that will give them the uh, Origin Basic Premiere or Basic whatever it's called for 
just a key. And I think it's for four friends you can give that out. So they'll have it for a month without paying a dime. Ooh, nice. Which will allow them to play that 10 hours as well on launch day. So Correct, which so. is a great way that instead of – if you're still wary about news sources and all that or whatever bias they have – just for a buck, or if you have a friend who has Premiere, you can easily play the game to see about it yourself. And speaking of pre-ordering and betas, the Division beta, closed beta, starts on February 7th and runs through the 10th. Uh, it does require pre-order, but they said there are some slots to that they're going to hand out to people that haven't pre-ordered, but you do have to register at thedivisiongame.com forward slash beta. Uh, so I need to go do that because I'm not... I'm not going to pre-order this one just yet, but uh, I wouldn't mind trying it out. The The beta content, though, does look pretty good. Like, There's a lot of stuff to try out and see from what they've released. Do you know what content we're going to get in the beta sense? Like what a mission? Um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, it's, uh, you get the intro story mission as well as two story missions after that. You also get the open world access. You get some of the dark zone, if I remember correctly. And you also have two of the fixed uh, PvP game modes. Yep, so, and there's an in-game mission type as well. Um, so ah, it sounds like there's going to be like a tougher in-game. Because uh, from what I've read on the 8th, what they're going to do is allow you to pick one of the, the spe- specialties at like a max level. Um, yeah. The demolitionist, survivalist, or sharpshooter. You'll be able to go in and try that out. So that's probably what that in-game mission type is going to be for to try test those things out. Looks like domination or team deathmatch, which are that sounds more type. Right. Yeah. So like it's a pretty good uh, buffet, I guess you could say, of things to try out there. Honestly, the open world alone was quite a lot to digest, considering they have a lot more events and scenarios in the open world than there were in Division One. I would definitely recommend trying to get into that beta because you'll easily spend 10 to 15 hours just on that demo alone. More so if you're a PvP fanatic. And we aren't going to get too much in Division yet because the, the hype is building right now um, as far as like actual information and, and content getting released. So I, for one, have not been able to uh, devote a lot of attention to it because of Anthem and you know the Destiny uh, content that was put out not too long ago as well but uh we'll, we'll get on that here in uh future future shows maybe destiny will be a little bit light next week and you know anthem we'll have some stuff to talk about there and then we can start uh getting you guys some division information because it, it, it's one of those success stories really of a game where they uh they saw the climate and they did some really great stuff as getting people from the community involved and turning their game around and we, I'm really rooting for them. I want to see what they do, if they can keep that, that positivity flowing and put it into the second iteration of their game. So Somebody needs to carry me with the last word quest. I um, thought you were at the very end. What? I thought you said you were at the yeah. end, like you just had to do the quest story. Nah, I just did the PvP step. The first one? Yeah. Oh, so... Well, the the next PvP step is, like... I think we actually hurt you if we go in with you because it's about getting those medals. Oh. I mean, we could go yes. die a lot. Just um, find the worst player on your team and follow them around. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a viable option. We could just go run in, like, run face first into the team and then let Swag, like, get killed. <laughs> we could do that. Oh. Whenever you guys are not playing the Anthem demo, where can they find you? 
probably an anthem. Um, oh. Aside from that, you can find me in Discord. That's synthpound3414. You can find me on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash synth underscore. Feel free to message me in either location, and I'll be down to answer questions or even play around whatever. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at deathandtaxes underscore TV. Yeah, almost the same for me. You can find me on Twitter and Discord, as well as Twitch. Uh, all of them have my same username, Swagwalker91. So I'll be streaming more regularly, all three games. And I'm Halen. You can hit me up in the Discord at HBLN, and uh, you could also catch me in-game. All right, well, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week with even more information on Destiny Anthem and The Division. Have a good week. Adios. Later, y'all.